Hey everybody, welcome to the Into the Dopeverse podcast. We've got another guest on today. It's Lynn. Uh, Lynn is a marketing guru who is actually completing her BA at uh, the University of Laf- uh, Louisiana at Lafayette. She's going to be talking to us today about, you know, some of the interactions she's had on LinkedIn, um, you know, her tips for having really, really great coffee chats because she's an excellent conversationalist. Um, and also some of her insights into mar- the world of marketing and how she's kind of fell into that world. So without further ado, let's get started. Wow, that was a really cool intro. I wouldn't have written that myself. So thank you for uh, <laughs> thank like, you. a guru. I would not say I'm a guru, but <laughs> we'll hope so you are. Guru in training. Yeah, no, you <laughs> definitely training. are. I've taken a lot of your tips and, and they've helped us market this podcast. So I really no appreciate way. that. Cool. Yeah, for Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, I guess like the, um, for everyone tuning in right now, we have a extra special interview episode today. Mm-hmm. And why you may ask, is this an extra special interview episode? It's because Lynn is actually one of our earliest and most vocal fans of the podcast. <laughs> I know I need a badge. I, w- I was, that's, that was actually going to be my introduction. Be like, besides the fact that I am, you know, the top fan of Into the Dope podcast, <laughs> I feel like you guys just pick up like the one of the fans out there and just pluck right in. So I'm the VIP fan. So if anybody has any questions, behind like, the scenes, I, I represent. I represent the voice. So yeah, so very excited. You got it. No, no, um, not all our fans are quite as into it as you are. So, you know, oh, you're really? definitely not representative. I refuse to believe that. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> awesome. uh, we'll get you some like swag as soon as we start um, putting it out there. Yeah, I'd actually not a bad idea. I don't get any. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For we'll sure. send you some stickers. We'll send you some stickers, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. Start small. Cool. So, Miss Lynn. I know you've been waiting for this question, but tell us a bit about yourself. Who are you? What makes you tick? Okay. What make my what make me tick? Okay. Well, let's just talk about myself first. So um so for me, I am passionate in marketing and storytelling. So I guess a lot of you could probably would recognize me from LinkedIn. So I brand myself as Lynn T. Tran. Because I mean that's really important for me to really say like my entire name because there's so many Lynn Trans in the world. Maybe a million. <laughs> like it's just like the kind of name where you can't find any username in any website ever. So yeah. it's Lynn T. Tran, right? So um, I typically I write a lot of stories on uh, LinkedIn and uh, I currently am the editor at Product Buds. So just a little plug for Product Buds here. It is a fast growing community of aspiring product managers. So if anybody's interested in finding really great resources and finding a group of really active and engaging people, that's the place to go. So if anybody wants to find me on LinkedIn or find Product Buds on LinkedIn, it's there. So yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Amazing. Cool. Um, so okay, first of all, storytelling is such a huge thing. And um, I definitely want to dive into that um, a bit more in a bit. Because honestly, I feel like that's one of the biggest skills you can uh, build up for yourself, especially in this digital age. Where everyone's connected. Everyone's watching what you're doing. And yeah, this is our, I mean, you're our second LinkedIn celebrity on here. So I would not ever that. say the word celebrity. Like Lynn, LinkedIn and celebrity just do not go in the same sentence. Like right. that's not how it works. Do not do that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a fan. I think I, I'm I'm a fan. So I, I would consider I'm you a, a you're a celebrity in my eyes. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. This, this I, I look out for your post. This is <laughs> yeah, not exactly. this really because I look out for your guys' podcast. So I feel like I don't look forward trade. to my post. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually good. It's actually really good, to be honest. That's yeah. a lot of love, yeah. But yeah. so you have a pretty large following on LinkedIn now. Um and I actually personally know. Um, it's crazy because like literally like earlier today, somebody approached me about this, but um, there's some people I know that they see, you know, like, oh, like even Fouad and I have started to do this a little more where we're making more frequent posts on the platform. Mm-hmm. But people who are kind of just starting out on that journey, they want to build up their own brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's a little it's a little harrowing to start out with. But do you have any mm-hmm. tips for people who are just starting out on that journey? Absolutely. So, I mean, I, when I first started out, I had like, I really know just five people. And, but my connections in total were like 33 people of like acquaintances. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. this awkward sense of this, oh, I think we know each other-ish, right? But not really well enough to really like comment on each other's posts kind of thing. So it was a really difficult time. I mean, definitely when you first start out, it's going to be, I feel like it's, it goes for any businesses or startups. Like it, you always have to have that initial 
um, energy and effort in to really build it, right? And so um, the thing about building a community is that you have to start with yourself. As in, like, you have to be the one to reach out. You have to be the one to communicate and engage with people because the community is not just you. It's you and these people, everyone that you start to meet. So a lot of my, if you look through my content, all of them, like, I can tell you, like, there's so, like, so many people, a lot of them, I can just tell by their name, it's them. Mm -hmm. Because I always see them, right? They're like, Mm -hmm. I feel like they're a friend that I don't know. They're like, is this somebody that you would probably sit down at a table and chat with, like, if you in lunch or something like that, right? Because, like, they always there Mm -hmm. to support you. But that was never the case in the beginning. I had a lot of rejections, for sure. And it was, like, in the terms of, like, people won't connect with me because my numbers were low or they would ignore me. And and that's completely okay because, like, the more I... uh, the more I use LinkedIn, the more I understand about why, the reason why, which we can discuss about it later. But pretty much it's going to be hard at the beginning. But you really want to be surrounding yourself with the right kind of people. As in, are they looking to do the same thing that you are? Are they looking mm. to also engage with the community? It's because like once you find someone who engages with the community, you can find their friends, right? And then their friends right. will be people. So like people are friends with similar people. So if you're For looking sure. to people who are really active on the community, that's the people you want to talk to. They're active. They know people. They can introduce. So introduction is so important. And like I mm-hmm. have this one friend who is or like um, Janiyat Iqbal. So he is super awesome, right? And he knows so many people. So sometimes you don't even need to know people. You just need to know someone who knows people. So yeah. they kind of bring you into their group. And so like, you start with the group, right? And then you start to be friends with those people. And then yeah. slowly you kind of grow from there. Like a lot of my, um, a lot of this, the reason why my growth is, you guys don't see it, is because it's something I built up over time. I've been using LinkedIn for like over a year. I use it like, I think I post content before a lot of people do now. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't a thing then. It was kind of like an awkward thing. Like, oh God, you post. And I was, it was so cringy. Like I, I want to bury my head under the pillow and just yeah. not ever think about it, right? I still feel like that. I hear that. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I still get roasted day. by some friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, and yeah, so that's exactly why I actually disconnected to one of my friends. I mean, we're still friends outside, right? But I disconnected. So I'm like, I cannot let you see what I do <laughs> on LinkedIn. It's just something that should just stay in the eyes of LinkedIners, right? So yeah. yes. So that's how you would build a community. You really want to talk to people and like be friends. A lot of them right now, you see a comment, they're my friends. So that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, like w- when you were doing that, did you feel this sense of imposter syndrome at all, though? Uh yes. Uh, the reason why I started was because I had someone encourage uh, me to actually start because the perspective, your perspective, uh, sorry, your perspective is so unique, and right. So just to kind of bring it out, like I have a newsletter, right, that I write, and I, I feel like a fraud all the time when I write it. Because I'm like, what do I know? at my age right but what's interesting is that i start uh, asking for testimonials about my newsletter so that i can you know put put on my landing page but and I, some people actually said like i had a unique perspective that they i think differently from the way they do it so they they learn from me and mm-hmm. i'm like really from me like this stuff just seemed like common sense to me but it was something that i learned over time with my own perspective it wasn't something that they learned so honestly a lot of people will approach me about like, oh, I don't know what to say. Um, honestly, if you think about it, I don't know what I'm saying either. But what I'm saying is like, I put, it's just like, um, it's critical thinking, right? You have all these materials in front of you. How do, would you connect the dots? How would you go about this concept? Because ideas are so, it can be common, but it can be so unique. Once you frame it a certain way, you can look at, you know, a, a mug at one way, it's going to be pointing to the right, but somebody else staying from a different view is going to see it a little bit differently. So even mm-hmm. though you're looking at the same thing, you interpret it differently. So everybody's going to have a unique perspective. And I feel like even children, they have such a cool, unique perspective, but they would never think, oh, I don't know anything, right? They never have to question themselves. And we as adults, we don't think like them anymore. We are trained to think differently. So yeah, like, do you ever really not know anything? Like, probably, but nobody's gonna. I think one of the fear also when posting content is not knowing something. But then again, nobody expects you to know everything. And if you're willing to admit mistakes, or if you're willing to edit and say like, "Hey, 
For sure. I didn't know about this, right? Like you can you can always change. But like I think like we have this cancel culture when somebody makes one mistake, it's stuck with them forever, and that's kind of harmful. And I feel like kind of toxic for personal growth because yeah. you can't get mm-hmm. out of it. You perfectly are trapped into it. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. just something that I would think about. Like if we're okay with like making mistakes, I make tons of mistakes when it comes to content, like grammars. <laughs> oh god, don't even talk about grammar problem, right? So and and like sometimes I get my facts wrong. Sometimes I have like, and also your content can also be a place to have a productive conversation. Let's say you bring forth an idea. Somebody mm-hmm. else is going to say, I don't believe this idea is true. Then you can learn something from their idea. Or you can debate and say, well, what about this concept? And then that's how you grow too, by hearing other people's perspective. So you're not, it, it shouldn't be the Definitely. case that you're trying to teach somebody. I feel like it's better if you feel like you're sharing your ideas with someone. Right? right. So, I, so right. start small, and then you slowly you kind of build up the confidence over time. Over now, I just kind of post. I mean, I sometimes I cringe. I still cringe, <laughs> but you know, like I'll yeah, post, yeah. I'll close my eyes, and then later on, I'll see. Oh, people do find this idea interesting enough to read. So yeah. yeah, yeah, you brought up a ton of good points. I think like a lot of it is expectation management, right? And so when you look mm-hmm. at the word imposter syndrome, when you actually like disambiguate that term. Like what it really means is like you don't feel like you belong somewhere. And what that is, is just you having unhealthy expectations of what it means to be there. You know, like I definitely felt a lot of imposter syndrome, like, you know, even back when I was like doing my first internship or my second internship where I was like, you know, I'm not smart enough to be here. Like I'm an imposter here. But what all that really means is like you expect people there to have like figured it out. Like they made it, you know, like, oh, like now I work at Tesla, like everyone at Tesla is smart, right? But I'm not smart. So you know, but that's not true. Like not everyone there is smart, right? It's not even like a, and I'm not saying that like, you know, out of any disrespect, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, no one is smarter than anyone else at the end of the day in the, in the first place, right? Like they're all different metrics we use and different ways you grow and things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. So for, for you and like, you know, also for me, as I was going on that like journey of posting things on LinkedIn was, um, like you expect somebody who posts on LinkedIn to be somebody who knows everything, right? But that's mm-hmm. not true. Like the people who post on LinkedIn also have a lot of flaws and also, you know, don't know things and that's totally okay. And they make mm-hmm. mistakes and we shouldn't cancel them. Cancel culture is a whole nother conversation. Maybe we'll go off on mm-hmm. a little tangent about that later. But, um, you know, going back to the point, like, yeah, imposter syndrome is just about managing those expectations. Um, but one thing that I wanted to, you know, ask you a little bit more about and probe a little bit more about is your newsletter. Because uh, uh, I think a lot of our interactions have actually been about your newsletter. I think I gave you some mm-hmm. critiques at first. Honestly, there's not much to critique. It's a pretty excellent newsletter. Um, for for those of you listening who don't follow, you should definitely go sign up for Lensites. We'll put a link in the description of the episode. But um, for those of you who or those of the audience who are not familiar with it, maybe why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what made you um, like start this newsletter and kind of what what it's about and what are some key insights that you've taken away from building this newsletter. You guys gonna love this. You know why? The reason why I, the thing that made me actually acted on the fact that, okay, I, this needs to get done was the fact that I was listening to you guys on a podcast. And no Fuad way. actually said, it's a funny story. So I told you I was a huge fan, right? So Fuad actually was, you guys were discussing, like, I think it was an episode about feeling behind. You guys were, I think you guys were discussing about LinkedIn. You guys, you guys can't find anything good on LinkedIn unless you spend time and you have to scroll through everything. Mm-hmm. right and at mm-hmm. me i completely understand that because over time i just my feet were just getting so cluttered I, i'm not gonna lie since i start my newsletter my thumb has been hurting because i had to scroll through all the feed for you guys so <laughs> if anybody wants to read the newsletter please appreciate the fact that i had to scroll through so many posts to find some really quality content because quality content yeah. is there like you're getting people you know um, conversations from like people in the top industry or expert and it's super cool to hear their insights and thoughts but some of that is Mm -hmm. hidden under a lot of posts that kind of try to sell themselves in a way that's like oh let's connect and grow our numbers the grow then again quantity doesn't matter what matters the quality of the connections you have right but Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit more on that later but so yeah so about my newsletter i decided i was like you know what i'm trying to solve a pain point so why not um, I decided to, so pretty much my newsletter is called Linsights. It pretty much, it curates LinkedIn posts. Personally, my topic that it, the overarching theme is pretty much just about personal and develop, I mean, personal development, but also professional growth. So I, and because a lot of the time when you read about the LinkedIn posts, a lot of them are just really, how do you, 
change your perception in, into a better version of yourself that would benefit you in your life and in your workplace. And I feel like it's so helpful, especially in business too, because a lot of business needs some good soft skill, right? So a lot of my, a lot of the posts that I have, um, I feel like I learned a lot. And especially when I add my insights in there. And so when I add my insights in there, it's just something that I thought was maybe, uh, maybe a little bit of common sense, right? But I feel like a total fraud when it comes to um, making that con- uh, making that newsletter because I didn't know because a, a newsletter feels so much more real than a content because a newsletter you can't edit once it's out it's out right and right. It's something that I can't just edit or delete I can't do that and and people are actually reading this send down subscribe I mean they want to read it and to really think it through and it's scary to think about that like. Do I know or do I not? And I'm like, oh, this is just like when I post on LinkedIn. It should be the same. Um, so a lot of my posts is not always the same because ideas and perceptions are always so different. So I can't really comment on what it is. But a lot of times, my favorite part about my newsletter is my GIFs or GIFs, whoever <laughs> you guys want to have that debate, right? That is the only thing I enjoy doing the most. I'm so down to debate that, like ridiculously down to debate that. We can I do say that Jeff. if you want. I say Jeff. I say, Jeff, for sure, Jeff. What about you, what David? You oh, man, I'm about to be crucified. No, oh. make or break. We're ending this podcast. This is it. I'm canceling oh, this is podcast. It? Oh, this is what tears us apart. Oh, I'm, I'm signing the divorce papers. They're already in my forget. They're on my crazy. desk. They're on my Honestly, desk. like I, I just I gotta rep all the gift boys out there, oh, the gift boys oh and girls. I'm sorry. I just threw up what a little logic bit in my are you using with that? <laughs> Okay, the thing is, I hate English. I period. I hate English. Like the word "broach," like B R O O C H. If it's it's move, yeah, that's a weird it's word. It's move, Rich. but it's broach, and it, it makes no sense. I mean, to be fair, who yeah, is English saying "broach" in twenty twenty? Is anyone even <laughs> saying that word? It does not matter. What matters is why it, why it exists in the first place. The reason why I hate yeah. it was because I had to read it out loud in a class on a literature, and I had to read it out. And people were like, "You mean broach?" It looks like a brooch. What do you mean? Like, and so, <laughs> whatever. I hate English, but I, I love English, but I hate it. Like, it's from a perspective no, of like a foreigner. So well, I don't want to trash anything, but I don't know. English I grew up learning it. Work. I still hate it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. English is um, my second language as well. I'm very lucky to have learned it early, but really trash mm. language for sure. <laughs> it's going to be, yeah, it's definitely difficult for, especially like, you know, when you're like ESL, when you're trying to learn. Like, if you think about the word circus. It has two C's, but it's pronounced differently. Mm-hmm. Oh. And Why? they have no like I before E or anything like that either. It's just like a weird word. Like, how are you supposed to approach that? Like, I just never knew how to pronounce words. And it's like my biggest fear in reading mm-hmm. something out loud. Like, why does yeah. stuff like that exist? My language, okay, so I speak Vietnamese. Everything, like, it's impossible for you to mispronounce anything because it's a set way of doing it. I will never mispronounce anything. And that is beautiful. Mm-hmm to me in a language <laughs> so yeah yeah so no. we're totally off topic but what, what, what were we talking about again was it the newsletter we're talking <laughs> about your newsletter yeah um maybe like what are some like i you got a little bit into this but what are some key insights from like building the actual like product that you've had because you talked a little about like des- like product buds and things like that but i would argue that like you know your newsletter is a product in and of itself like you're the ceo of that product mm-hmm. you know you're doing marketing you're like tweaking things to get better at it. You know, you're producing content. So how has that been? Like, how has that been actually owning that product? What's the coolest thing is if you were to look at my first newsletter that I, I sent and the latest, huge change. And the, even the cooler thing is like, if you have subscribed from the very beginning, it, and to this day, I still tweak it all the time. So the fun part about a newsletter is like, you actually try to find what I tweaked about like what I tweaked in comparison to the last one, I always change something. And even like you guys don't notice, but like I, I get so happy. I'm like, oh, something new. Maybe you guys will notice. But it's super cool to see that transition and that process. Like, And every single day I learn something new about Newsletter, like how it mm. goes into your junk or like the spam folder if you don't do it a certain way. And it is so crazy to kind of learn about all that. So it's been really fun. Um, but I think one of the process that is like, um, I, one of the, my biggest lesson, right, is actually um, trying to be myself with a newsletter. So, like, I think when Ooh, you first, 
it's like you know when you first start something you have this extra pressure to be good and to be perfect um it definitely my first one was definitely not perfect but i was trying to cater to too many audience i wasn't finding my target audience right i mean i had an right. ideal audience sure. people who want to read my stuff right but <laughs> uh, right so that is the ideal audience but i wasn't being specific enough i was trying to make sure like oh it was like uh it want some people want it to be shorter and quicker right and i'm like okay well i'll put more or somebody will want something longer and has more insights and it's kind of hard to juggle when you have two polar opposite audience and yep. and so actually what i learned very recently was to really be myself and do things that i want and whatever audience resonate with that will stay with me because you don't want an audience who were not looking for you but looking for something else because that takes away the branding and it takes away what you are and i felt um for a about halfway, I felt defeated because I was like, why am I doing this? I didn't have a purpose. I mean, I had a purpose. I knew that I wanted to grow the newsletter, but I wasn't enjoying the process because it was, at the beginning, all I did was um, put the post in and then summarize it into one or two sentences. But mm -hmm. that, why call it Linsight if there's nothing of me in there? Mm -hmm. So I actually sure. received, right, so I was just doing that and I was so scared. I had some feedback saying that it was too text heavy. And I'm like, too text heavy? Well, I mean, it's a post and you're supposed to be reading insights, right? And so I had this fear of putting too much in. So I took away so much of myself. I literally left almost everything out of myself and just put something that I think I thought the audience would want. Um, mm -hmm. Later, I, I received a feedback and they said, like, I don't find any insights here at all. And I was hurt by that. I was like, you shouldn't get any insights from everything, from anything that I, I made. And then I reviewed over it. I'm like, yeah, actually, you're right. I didn't put any of my insight. I was too scared to put my thoughts in there. Because I'm like, why would they want to know my thoughts? I literally all did was to summarize the post. So they found it wasn't a good enough incentive for them to read. Because a lot of them subscribe because right. I talk about it on um, my LinkedIn, right? So they're coming to see what I'm going to write. And I then realized, like, oh, that's my audience. My audience is going to be the people who want to read more um, with what I have to say and not just, you know, what others have to say. So it's interesting. I mean, that's where the perspective thing comes in and branding and about what you want to say as a person. So, yeah. So after and what's the craziest thing is, like, after I changed that and I made I made the changes. I've actually put more words of mine in. Like, I put way more than I would have felt comfortable doing. When mm -hmm. I sent that, it was the scariest thing ever. Like I, I was super, super nervous. And I actually got one unsubscribe. And I'm like, oh, oh no, that's so scary. But the most beautiful Damn. thing is I get four people, at or at least four people, reach out to me and say like they loved it. They loved yeah. it so much. They're like, this is so wonderful. This is like the thing that I'm like, I felt like I learned so much. And people actually like this saying like i find this thing particularly insightful and i you cannot understand like like i think i'm doing something right if somebody unsubscribed i mean i stand out enough to the point where they realize okay i'm not being as in like i'm not being neutral i'm not trying to be i'm not trying to fit in anymore no, i'm being myself right yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you can't please everybody so they unsubscribe yeah. and now have people saying they love it and and i keep going with that right and every time i make a post and like if one subscribe then one or two people would tell me that they like this particular week. And if somebody yeah. else unsubscribe again, somebody, I have more people telling me like, hey, this one was a good one today. Like, I really enjoyed this particular thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, like, and so I just feel so much better. It like literally lightened me up. Like it's not about um, trying to get everybody. It's about trying to find the right audience. So that yeah. was a huge Beautiful. lesson. And it was learned yeah. only just one or two three weeks ago so there you yeah. have it wow was, dude we're smiling so much yeah we have, the, we have the exact same thing with our podcast man. like we had the exact same experience where in the beginning really? we were super yeah. super scared like dude i think the first couple episodes to do like especially like book discussion for example we changed our book review to book discussion because we realized nobody wants to hear like a rehash of a book like they want to hear our thoughts on it, right? They want to hear mm -hmm. what we think yes, about no. the ideas in the book, right? Or even mm -hmm. like, you know, our episode on meditation and stoicism, like we start off those episodes, like listing out facts about stoicism or like quotes and like 
I love your quotes, Damien, but like nobody wants to hear like just a rehash of a book, right? They want to hear the quote because they want to hear what you think of the quote, right? Mm -hmm. And that was a huge, huge like realization for us too. And we're still like, you know, finding our voice and getting more comfortable. Like now we Mm -hmm. joke on the podcast, dude, we did not joke the first couple episodes. We were like sticks, bro. Like I wasn't even smiling. You think (laughs) I would put that on YouTube? No way. But, uh, you know, we're we're growing into it. But yeah, Damien, I know you have some thoughts too. Yeah, no, it's just like, it's crazy how much like what you just said, Lynn echoed like conversations Fuad and I have shared about like Mm -hmm. this process of like rediscovery and rediscovery and finding more Mm -hmm. of our voice um, through like the things we try out. And I think that's so important putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations where you try out something new and it's a little scary at first, but once you see the results of it, it's so worth it, be it from the lessons Mm -hmm. or from the successes, right? And yeah, it's the signal to noise ratio is something that gets better with time. And I think, and this is a like a theme that we've kind of mentioned before on the podcast, but the whole idea that you are your own niche. People are coming back to listen or like to read whatever you're putting out because it's you. And like you said, you can't please everybody, right? If you please, if you're trying to please everybody, then you're inherently sacrificing parts of yourself um, in order to like appeal to the greater audience, which is, you know, that's boring. That's a boring route to take. You want to be, you want to be vocal. You want to be loud. You want to put out as much Lynn out there as possible. You want to make it true to you. Um, and, you know, I love that. And like, I love the, the commitment to the growth uh, that you have. Right. So mm-hmm. I know you love talking about that. I know you love growth. So naturally I have to ask you, what is your most memorable failure? Oh, Ooh. okay. I have to think about this one because I have a lot. I have to browse through and see which one's a good <laughs> one. What's the story for this, right? What's the most podcastable failure? Okay. The most embarrassing one, obviously. So, one of the failures um, when I was in sixth grade, um, I was in this talented music thing, this talented music program. I don't even know why I'm in there, but I went in there for flute. But the teacher wanted me to play piano, which I was confused about because I entered for a flute. So for that <laughs> year, right. So you know where the story is going. So I had to oh, play yeah. piano, right? And I felt like I was like, what is going on? And I, frankly, he was not a great teacher. Anyway, it was a requirement that we must perform. You see where this is going. So we had to uh, perform, right? And I was like, I didn't feel like I learned enough or understand anything at all. It's practically, I just had to try to memorize um, the position of my hands rather than actually understanding the concept and theory of music. I literally just tried to remember it. And poor me, I didn't prepare myself well enough. And so when I went on performing, and I also have a backstory, I have huge stage fright. That's enough, right? So I have a huge yeah. stage, right? And I go up there and I just like froze in front of the audience and I start playing and they play too fast and they play it wrong. And so I had to pause and I completely stopped the music once I played. I knew I played something wrong. I look at the yeah. audience. I was like, sorry. Um, let me just start again. So I start the song again. And by the way, this song was super popular. It's like almost everybody know. Like it's the song Hallelujah. And I feel yeah. like it's popular enough for people to know when you play it wrong, like dead it wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't. It's, it's like saying like I'm I'm playing Happy Birthday wrong. Like, how do you play Happy Birthday wrong? Well, I did it right. So I just <laughs> did so bad, and it's the kind. And then right after you, I'm done, after messing up several times, I'm sure I just made up some melody just to end it. <laughs> I just like literally, I just I do that little run when you know you mess mess up. What whatever you guys imagine, I did it. So it's because so bad. I mean, like people would clap, but you know, it's a pity clap. But anyway, so like <laughs> even my sister, she tell me she was like, I didn't even clap for you. Like that's how bad the experience oh, was, right? It was like this is not a real one. I would have supported my sisters through that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I would have supported my brothers. Nah, <laughs> yeah. so glad oh, <laughs> there was no cameras there. Um, so actually, right now, I mean, so when I got home, I was like. This is so embarrassing. It was dead embarrassing. I'm so glad nobody, I mean, nobody of the people that I treasured saw it. So that's great. Oh, beside my sister, beside my sister, who I treasure. Okay, so, um, but you know, now I teach piano to kids. 
So I wow. had to learn piano. Like out of pure embarrassment, I was like, I refused to show my face <laughs> without actually becoming better. So I went home and I learned piano on my own. And I think it was I was also pretty lucky that I'm able to play by ear. Like I can hear the notes. Like I can tell right. when something's off tune or something like that. So it, it, it was an easy progress. And so, yeah, like, and now I've been playing for like quite several years and I actually enjoy it and it's so super fun. But I guess like there's so many lessons here is that first of all, prepare because I didn't. Second of all, um, if you don't have a growth mindset, if you're just being embarrassed about it and you do nothing about it, I don't think that's growth, right? I think um, you just have to be open to the possibility that you can be better or improve yourself. Like if you limit yourself saying, I can't do it, then I don't think, you know, like if I had thought that, I don't think I would teach piano to kids anymore. Like I, I would have, right? So mm-hmm. that was my most embarrassing because it was the most um, vivid to the point right. where my my other, I had a new so I had a new teacher, new talented music teacher, and I was telling him about like my stage fright, and I was telling him it was bad. He was like, "Oh no, it's not. It's not gonna be bad." Like, I remember there was this one girl who played this one song, and she messed up in the middle of the, you know, the song, and she apologized to the audience. He was retelling my story. He was no using me as an example of being like why I shouldn't be embarrassed because I was the prime example of why I should be embarrassed. Anyway, it's a whole crazy story. That's so awesome. that's growth if, if there you know if there ever was any growth i don't know if that's called growth. i call it that's embarrassing that's, that's what it is it's embarrassing man i need to get embarrassed more often then because i still can't play piano so <laughs> no that's a good point i was watching um this is a bit of an aside but like one of my favorite ted talks of all time um i forgot exactly if it's 30 days of rejection yes yeah yes. the guy has a book there, too he has a book yes. too. Great book. Love yeah. That. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've yeah. never seen such a fantastic ex- like exemplar of why failure or just rejection and having those embarrassing <laughs> moments is so good for you because you really build mm-hmm. up such a tough skin afterwards. And I don't know if like yours, Lynn, was enough to kind of do that or you needed Honestly, more Honestly, no. I have to say it, it was never the fact that I was thick skin. Like I don't think I ever was and I still aren't. I'm, I get very embarrassed like pretty easily. But I think I had a purpose, like mm. purpose. Actually, like I was like, okay, um, like mm. kind of like posting content on LinkedIn. If it wasn't for the fact that I had purpose of like trying to improve my copywriting, which is the reason why I first started, mm. I would not have continued because mm. a purpose is not a goal. A purpose is long term. A goal is just like whether you meet it or not, right? So for me, like having that purpose was so helpful. My purpose with the piano was like not to be embarrassed about it anymore. So I continued. So I don't think the fact that you have to be, you know, desensitized to the fact of being embarrassed, right? I think it's just like you can hang on to your purpose and believe that you are going to get, um, you're going to get by and you're going to be able to do it. So I think that for me, that's my perception of it. Yeah, that's okay, beautiful. So- but purpose versus goal. I, I, I want to touch on that real quick because purpose versus goal is something I thought about a lot too. Because yeah, like we live life in increments of goals. And I used to be a huge like goal setter. I even did like a, a workshop recently on goal setting that you guys should check out on YouTube. But anyways, um, <laughs> um, like, and I say that because, you know, life is just a never ending set of goals. You know, it always feels like you get one and you're like, okay, well, that was cool. Now I got to get the other one. And it just feels like it, it just never stops. Like I definitely felt that throughout my co-op terms where I was like, okay, well, I got a job, but now I got to get another one. Right. And I, like halfway through my, my job, I wasn't even enjoying it. I was like, well, where's the next one coming? Like, you know, where am I going to interview next? Like things like that. Right. And so when you disambiguate the purpose from the goal, like what you do is you're like, okay, well, you know, my goal was to get this job, but my purpose is to become a better engineer or like, you know, a better X or, you know, improve my skills in this or, and there isn't an end goal to that. Like you're never going to become the best piano player in history. Right. So, or maybe you are, you have perfect pitch. I don't. It's a limiting belief. Yeah. (laughs) You can do anything in your mind too. For sure, for sure. But what I'm saying is like that purpose is long term. Like you always can mm-hmm. get better. You, you your goal isn't to be the best. Your goal is to get better, and you can always get better. So that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I mean, like kind of keeping up that theme because I guess the this this whole notion of like building up relationships, building up community is something that really that you really embody um, through all the content that you put out, Lynn. And um, I want to talk a bit about 
an interesting Twitter exchange that you had recently. Oh, <laughs> that's a fun one. Yeah, because I was just watching it, and it was equally inspiring and entertaining um, to watch. So could you just tell us a bit about what happened and what made you want to initiate that engagement in the first place? I don't know where to start because like, I would have to explain so much backstory. So pretty much, um, so just kind of a backstory. I like think I like innovative and fun ways to go. Like I just, I like to think of me as fun. I don't know if everybody thinks that, but I, I personally like, I just ha- like to have fun and like, Can't I don't, confirm. Expect- we think that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so like, I just, I like to have fun and like not being so serious about everything. So I feel like in a professional setting, you just feel like you're so stuck in this trap of like, oh, I need to be all buttoned up and be perfect, you know, you know, and I don't really have fun with that. But, um, and I, I wasn't going to be serious, but I can tell like, so let me start out by saying this is the com- this is company on Twitter. So it's fast. The name is just fast, right? And so what they do, so pretty much about them is like they, um, are doing a one-click checkout process for sellers so that when you can check out like super, super quick. But the thing about that brand, it, it doesn't matter to me much about what they do. What matters to me was their brand. Their brand is like the next tech of Wendy's. It's so beautiful. Like they joke around, they're serious, and they're, it's like they have actually like developed a personality that you can mm-hmm. think of. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, so you like if you can identify the brand by its tone and voice, they do they're doing something right. For sure. Right. Because you don't want them to think of it as like another neutral ground. You don't want to stay neutral in a world of being so busy all the time, right? Because like in a busy market, not standing out is the same as being invisible. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so right. So Sorry, that was a cool quote. So I had to think about the quote. No, yeah, that, that was, we're writing that down. That's gonna that be fly over. That's not my yeah. quote. I, I I put a quote down because I knew you guys love quotes, so I have to prepare a quote. <laughs> so um, so they were so great. So I decided to have fun. So what they did was like they're like, hey, if you guys give us a picture, we'll put on a helmet on your face. So um, so that's what I did. So but the thing is, I joined in after it was two days late. Like they, the the thing was already over to begin with and i was like hey is there any more helmets left because i know i'm two days late so and for some reason they actually they told me no right i first i like check back <laughs> next time but then like just 15 minutes or 30 minutes later they're like oh you know what we found one here you go so it was kind of nice i'm like oh okay so if i so now that they interact with me i need to continue this conversation so i i for kind sure. of like right so i kind of try to make sh- see if they're going to continue and like, and then I just found like um, a perfect chance to plug myself because I love plugging when I possibly can. Because mm-hmm. as a marketer, it's nature that you want mm-hmm. to plug something. Um, Definitely. So I plugged myself, and I just say like, "Oh, okay." So I, um, I don't know. You guys just have to read it. I'll give you guys the link for you guys to see because I don't want to have to spoil the fun. So pretty much at the end of it all. Um, I actually got someone actually approached me for an internship opportunity based on the interaction that they saw with Fast. So that no same product is huge. It's so freaking cool because like they can see my personality and they accept my personality. And I feel like yeah. that is the number one thing for me. It's like I want to be in a workplace where they can accept my personality as a whole. So by the mm-hmm. way, fun uh, a little content creation tip. If you be yourself, and if because a lot of people say they're scared to post on LinkedIn specifically was because they're in a in professional environment and they're afraid of being judged. But remember, they're mm-hmm. hiring you as a person, right? So and also, do you want to be working in a place where they would judge you? Like, how comfortable would that environment be? Yeah. So that's just something yeah. to think about. Like, you're gonna be an embodiment of yourself, and if they don't accept you, do you even want to be there? So yeah. it's like you're trying to fit in the mold. So, so there's that. So. Just have fun. I had fun with my Twitter interaction. And, I f- and they definitely, they definitely remember me 100%. They actually messaged me. They DM me. They said, stay in touch. And I sent a response to them with a chip, not a gift. <laughs> nice. Nice. I love that you mentioned that at the end because that's just facts. That's just factual, the GIF. But um, yeah, look, super, super ton of points to touch about there. And Damien, you can touch on some too. But I, I like what you said about bringing your personality to work because I think one thing that I thought 
and I, you know, I don't know why I thought this because it didn't make any sense to think this, but at the time it did was that, you know, when you, when you haven't really had a corporate job and you haven't really been in a corporate position, you seem to think that like, yeah, you know, you, you got to like restrain your personality when you're at work. But the reality is, dude, that's like eight hours a day. You're really not going to be yourself for eight hours a day mm -hmm. every day. Like that's a lot of time. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, at first in my co-op terms, I was like kind of like modulating myself and like, you know, a little bit worried about like how it stand out and like, you know, how it talk and things like that. But as I've gone and like, you know, I, this is my like 14th or 15th month of work in a row now, um, I'm becoming way more comfortable just being myself at work. Like before I would like wear a long sleeve so that my tattoo wouldn't show like when I on mm. Zoom calls and things like that. And like I would I would modulate how I talked. I would modulate the jokes I made. And like obviously I don't make offensive jokes, but like, you know, it, there is a place for humor. And I, I, I would consider myself, maybe some of you would disagree, sometimes a humorous <laughs> guy. And so, you know, like things like that are, I, people don't realize that, especially as young professionals, because you just don't have experience in it. But then you go to work and your boss is like, you know, like swearing and talking about his kids and like, you know, being himself. And like, that's really, really great to see. So yeah, I like that you mentioned that a lot. That's how you stand out by being yourself. For sure. For sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's um, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie, no, thanks for mentioning that for yeah. I just wanted to, because like kind of um, keeping that, that point up, um, uh, Lynn, I know you and I are like both introverts, so mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because I mean, like, I'm as introverts, you know, Fuad <laughs> isn't really shy to uh, let his personality show, but sometimes <laughs> being introverted, that can be a little bit of an obstacle. But I mean, considering that we live in an increasingly digital world, do you think that being introvert has still hampered your ability to build relationships through that, or? do you think this is now a unique opportunity for introverts to kind of jumpstart that process of building a network and this may be like a place to thrive that's a very interesting question because i wonder if i am even qualified to even answer this anymore only because so i'm an introvert right but i learned over time to love having chats with people like it's like i would have this preconception like like this like preconceived notion of like talking to people is tiring and it's not fun and it's i feel like we start with that mindset first so we just like oh small talks are not fun or whatever and so we would avoid it if you don't if you don't like it you avoid it that's natural right but i think over time i just really enjoyed getting to know and learn from people so i think it starts with a growth mindset it's like do you want like do you want it enough first of all do you want to because i know definitely for sure that if you want to you can do it um, the reason why I became a little bit more um, outgoing was because I, for some reason, I stumbled on a post on Quora. So pretty much, like, I've always, like, been really, I never talk to anyone unless I'm with my friend, right? And then, so everybody think I'm this sh uh, quiet and shy person, but I'm not that, not really. But somebody was just kind of, they write the post and they were just kind of explaining that um, they're becoming a lot more outgoing. outgoing. Uh, so they think that it's possible from to change from being an introvert to extrovert, though I wouldn't mm -hmm. necessarily say that, but I think, but that just opened my mind of the possibility like, oh, so even though I'm an introvert, I can be extroverted. I can mm -hmm. learn to talk to people and be, you know, um, hopefully charming or, you know, confident talking to people. Like, is that possible? And so like, I explored that, right? It's just really your willingness to talk to people and willing to grow so again i guess it goes back to purpose do you want it enough because if you want it enough you can do it um I, I guess i i did it like i never talked to anybody to now i talk a bit too much and i can't stop myself <laughs> look at me so so yeah join the club so, join the club <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so like so that's an interesting <laughs> question so i don't know because like and also you really have to be willing to go passed by like all the awkward conversations and i'm sure that's what introverts hate the most it's like why talk if it doesn't matter well maybe if you learn to talk mm. that's going to channel the energy between you and that person i always start my conversation first of all i recharge myself i make sure i talk to nobody else before the conversation like make sure that i charge like you know whatever mm. you do you recharge yourself first and when you start the conversation you always want to start with great energy i try to start with a great energy like happy smiling like because like the other, the other side is going to feel that and they're gonna feel relaxed and you want a relax yeah yeah like you want to relax too like you don't want to start off like all stiff and buttoned up and you're like okay i don't know what to talk about because you're afraid to share 
another number one thing about I learned about uh, having a conversation is the willingness to share. That was a huge part because I was always really like um, private. Never wanted to share anything because I was kind of raised that way to never like, you know, just don't let people know your secrets. You know, they're going to hurt you. They're going to use that against you. But that's not the case, you know, like if you mm-hmm. share about anything, it doesn't even have to be something super deep. You just have to be open to sharing and that and it, yeah. it's, it's a good place to start a conversation like, oh, so instead of saying like, how are you? And I'm fine. And it cuts the conversation off. Be honest, because like for me, I find like the honesty in conversation makes great conversation, period. If you're honest, like the, the conversation will just continue because they're not afraid to share anymore. I think most likely the other side is feel comfortable sharing along. And then that's when the conversation just flow and it just naturally is going to last however long that you want it to last, I think, sometimes. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah kind of on that note, like how how are you honest during coffee chats? Because I feel like with strangers, it's really hard sometimes. Like you don't know the person, you know, you're not really comfortable with them. And I, I would say that you're probably one of the best coffee chatters I've ever met. Like you're really, really no good way. at doing it. Like we had a coffee chat yeah. and like I was like, damn, like I thought I was good, but this girl has me hella comfortable. She's like getting me to talk about so much stuff. So like, how right? do you do that? Like, how do you make someone feel comfortable? And like, how do you, like, is it like a pre- quid pro quo? Like you show your vulnerability and they show you theirs, you know, like how does that work for you? Give us some tips. That's cool. First of all, that's super cool because I'm a fan. And then you guys are telling me that I'm cool, which is great. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway, um, so in a conversation, so I actually, um, I had to learn how to have a conversation with people through so many awkward conversations. So I had to kind of navigate and kind of learn. Also, you guys check out on YouTube, um, Charisma on Command, because I had to learn oh, yeah. to, yeah. I have to yeah. learn to, on how to have a conversation. Like, because I feel like there really is a technique, not a technique, but over time you kind of learn on how to see the people. And, and also, um, first of all, this is such a cliche thing, but like be yourself, right? cliche and it's overly said but because it's overly said people don't take it seriously um so i always start a conversation so like again how are you and i will be dead honest with you whenever i answer that question i'll be like i'm not feeling great today or like you know like oh today was so stressful i told that to damien when we first started a conversation too and i was sharing like like i look at them as a friend i'm looking at that person as a potential friend that i'm really sharing with mm-hmm. right so like i don't look at them as stranger i look at them like they're gonna be great friends with me and like that's gonna be fun and i yeah. can't wait to discuss about fun things that they are gonna enjoy and i'm going to enjoy because i look into the good of people when i first chat and i know that we can have a great conversation if they can see me first of all being relaxed then they can feel relaxed and like yeah. when you are when you are um you set a tone when you first start so um, starting a conversation is so important because if you start awkward, the rest of the conversation is going to be hard to pull up from, I feel like. Because it's not necessarily a first impression, but just like how do you start the mood? Right? When yeah. your boss yeah. walks in, is he happy or is he mad? Like that, that just entirely sets the tone for the rest of the conversation. Right? So um, I don't know. So this guy, that caught me by surprise that you guys said that. Um, so yeah, and then you also want to be genuinely interested because the genuine mm-hmm. part is going to be really important because if you're going to get bored, it's going to show. I mm-hmm. feel like it's going to show if you get bored. So try to find conversation that's going to interest you and the other person. And I believe Damien said that he likes to talk about uh, what people are passionate about because that's going to get people all worked up. And ask oh, questions yeah. about them too. Ask questions like, how are they doing? How are they really doing? How are... Um, so what are they like and and just continue on from there i feel like yeah. it just kind of flow naturally i think i don't know hopefully i mean like, if they're willing to uh kind of play the part oh yeah so let me just emphasize this one i've had one bad conversation that scarred me so bad because oh, no. <laughs> because well because they were willing to open themselves it's like uh-huh. and by the way when you have a bad conversation I don't don't think of it as your fault. It has to be a good conversation required to active participant. Mm-hmm. You can't always have a great conversation, even if you're the best conversationalist in the world. The yep. other side doesn't want to participate. You're never gonna get anything good out of that. So don't beat yourself up if the conversation just turns so awful. It's two yep. sides. I think it has to be two active participants for it to have a good conversation. Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah, and I had a. Uh... 
a bit of a tough conversation recently too. Um, yeah, we did. No, with, with that, with the with somebody else. Yeah. That with one the what? was uh, it was it was a tough one with it. We had a tough. Co- they fought in on a on a somebody else too, and like. Uh, Lynn, I mentioned this in our in our really chat. hard to get yeah. through. And wait, wait, what? I talked was, about this oh, when, we, when we talked one on one, but we oh, had a, a tough okay, conversation okay. recently, and uh, yeah, it was it was really hard. It, it's definitely not like a, yeah. it's a two way street, right? Like no matter how much energy you know two people bring or one person brings to the conversation, it's it's hard to reciprocate sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But definitely, like yeah, um, no one had to talk. But like I, go ahead, Damon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you kind of touched upon like the the question I mentioned earlier, right? About being an introvert, um, whether it's like a is something that hampers or actually empowers you in like a digital world. I think it just it is a matter of experience and practice, right? Like as yeah. you have more coffee mm-hmm. chats, you get better at conversation. You just have mm-hmm. to put yourself in a position to, like again, it's it comes down to like what what is the uncomfortable thing to do? Usually that sets the that that can be your north star to show you what you need to do. Because if it's uncomfortable, it means you're in a position where it's uncharted territory. You're learning some new things. Um, if you keep avoiding conversation, you're never going to get good at it, right? So mm-hmm. a digital world where you know you don't have to have that face-to-face encounter necessarily, it's a lot less, there's a lot lower of a bar to get past that. And you know, like when it comes to building up uh, these relationships, the first place you got to start, you know, it's usually or it's easiest place to start is with with a nice little coffee chat Mm -hmm. and you know one thing that um and uh, kevin kelly actually like the article you shared with me lynn like the 68 Mm -hmm. lessons for 68 years of life whatever it's called Mm -hmm. um he put it like into words like the best i've heard is that everyone is shy everyone is waiting for you to make the first move you know like to ask them on that date to ask them on that coffee chat Mm -hmm. um whatever it may be but how do you go about setting up a coffee chat or like initiating that conversation with someone that you really want to talk to someone that you might admire someone mm-hmm. that maybe you want to interview for your future podcast if you ever drop one like how would you set that up oh i have an answer prepared for you before you even ask the question so beautiful. pretty much beautiful right so um what i learned from using linkedin for a while and I've, I, you, you sort of see a pattern and I see yeah. this pattern and it's true. And then other people start talking about like, hey, I thought that pattern first, but they, everybody see because the universe, <laughs> it's almost like a universal truth at this point. It's like to get attention, first of all, you have to be consistent, right? So what, if you really want to know someone, first of all, my what I personally like to do, and I don't think a lot of people are doing this, is first of all, get their attention through the smallest channel of audience. As in like, if let's say if this paper is super popular, right? You want to find them where oh. they're not popular. You want to find them there. And then right. you can get their attention there. So that's how you first right. get their attention. But this way is really effective for like um, users. Um, let's say you're mm-hmm. talking to like, quote, quote, LinkedIn celebrity, quote, quote, right? You pretty much you always want to engage with their content. They're, they're, they read it. They read the stuff. They, they're going to see you over time. And that's really important is for them to know you before you talk to them that mm-hmm. is probably what leads to one of my best conversations it's like i just have i've had interactions with them before so instead of like jumping on a conversation like already send them um send out a message like before i even had any conversation with all like it was um you don't want to just hey let's have a coffee chat that person doesn't know anything about you how can they come in being excited if they don't know what to expect but imagine this Let's say you guys have interactions back and forth on the comments. You guys have yeah. interactions within, like, in the DMs. You guys ha- are sharing articles. Have something first to discuss. So whenever you jump on the call, there's so many things to discuss, right? And it's going to be fun because like, oh, we touch on this point. Oh, yeah, do you, you remember this? Oh, what about this part, right? That's, gonna, that's what leads the conversation better because you know what to expect and so does the other person. But when you jump on mm-hmm. and you talk to someone you've never met, had no idea what to like you don't know anything about them it's kind of difficult to have a conversation so what i would recommend if that was the case you do a lot of research on them all of them right so every time i jump on a coffee chat i would stalk them i would have to reach like look at their linkedin profile see what stand out what did they comment on who are their friends okay not who are their friends but you know like what kind of posts they comment on 
or what kind of stuff that they usually the bio has enough information for you to figure out what about them that you can talk about too um yeah so yeah for so for you guys i had a comment i had a conversation with you guys way before never asking to chat first right because then what would we talk about you guys wouldn't know anything about me it would have yeah. been a fun conversation it would kind of be weird but we've already known each other so now when you come on a call it's like hey we're, we've been friends so now we're gonna see each other in person yay yeah. you know video mm. hug something like that right along that line of just like you know like being <laughs> an old friend you want to you want to see them as to me i i see a lot of people as friends so it, it makes it sure. way easier so yeah, yeah i hope that answers the questions yeah Absolutely. and i hope you think of us yeah. as friends too that's so pure that's awesome the best thing is <laughs> from here it's the best thing cool um <laughs> Cool. Uh, those are really great insights, but I do want to kind of pivot the conversation a little bit because one thing that Damon and I, and we talked about this previously too, that we've been thinking about a lot is vulnerability and being vulnerable on platforms. And, you know, uh, one of the ways that you can show personalities through being vulnerable. Yes. And so I know you've talked uh, a little bit on LinkedIn, you know, you made a post about how you've had trouble focusing in the past, you know, with ADHD and ADD. Um, mm. And so, um, for for our listeners who might not be familiar with that post and your content, can you talk a little bit about you know how you've been able to overcome that and stay productive and sort of like also around that like how is the experience of being vulnerable on a platform like LinkedIn? What were some of the things you learned from being vulnerable? How, talk us through that experience and and like how it was received by the community. So that was a lot of questions. So I'm probably going to start first. <laughs> for <laughs> so sure. Sorry, that's the best that I have. I always ask so, like eighteen I have to questions. Unpack everything. Yeah. yeah, so I probably would want to start about the vulnerability part. Um, first of all, it's so scary to do because you're exposing yourself. The idea of like other sure. people know me, right? Um, <clears throat> I think what inspired me. So first of all, what inspired me first was that other people started it. Let's say like I would listen to a podcast and I would hear someone say something that's super vulnerable. And I can't like to the point where I cannot believe that they said that out loud. Because yeah. it's something, it's like a deep feeling that you know it, but you wouldn't want to admit it in person. Right? But yeah. they share mm-hmm. the deep, and then the, the best thing about it is like, I could relate to what they said. And like, I just uh-huh. felt, suddenly I, suddenly I felt belong. Suddenly I feel like someone understand my pain or understand what I'm going through. And right. I just felt like it feels better and lightens my, like, my feeling a lot, right? And so I found inspiration in that. Um, so for my LinkedIn post, like I didn't start out being vulnerable. Like that was definitely not the case. I was like everybody else, like went through this rite of passage where I just being really like like saying things that I think people would want to see, right? For so sure. um, so but slowly, like for some reason, I noticed the fact that whenever I shared something personal about me, um, people could relate and connect with me on that. And it made like, and then I feel like I'm they're my friend now because they know me more than you know. They know me well because they understand my pain and they understand like, oh, these are the struggles that I went through, and it just mm-hmm. feels like I had that deeper connection. And whenever I, I remember, like, I think I made one of the posts, and for some reason it went like semi-viral. People start messaging me, and they're like, "Hey, I know exactly how you feel," and like this, like I, I just feel like. I cannot believe like you did that and it was really cool that you did that because now I feel like way better because of it. Like just because they saw the message or they felt better. Just like I did when I listened to the podcast. For sure. And I just felt like um I just felt kind of like I don't know, like how to explain this. Empowered in a way. Like I feel like maybe my message could help people feel like they belong. People feel open to sharing about themselves. I've had people mm-hmm. like tapping this and like, hey, I thank you so much for like um, posting this because now I feel more comfortable posting on my own with my own words and and share about myself and and stuff like that. And like I've had a lot of these messages. And when it comes to the ADHD post, people reached out to me saying like they kind of struggle with that too. Like, and they can't believe that I actually said it because it shows a bit of my flaw. Because I said that I zone out a lot, and I'm I, and I'm afraid that it could affect my performance. Because it's like if I'm not paying attention to the right thing, um, that's scary, right? Because you you always see in the job description like you know, high like pay attention to details. I mean, how can I do that when I have ADHD and that my head is all, all over the place, right? 
So that's scary. But once I post that out, like people really, like they resonated with my message. And I felt like that just helped me continue on being open to sharing more things like that because um, it helped me. So maybe it'll help other people. So mm-hmm. I guess that was my purpose. My purpose shifted from, write, from copywriting to sharing things that could help people feel better, enjoy the content, and maybe get something out of it. Maybe insight that can help them move on with their life into in a better um, process. So I don't know. So that's just my, my take on yeah. it. Yeah, that's no, super like cool. That. Yeah, we kind of transitioned. Thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Damien. Yeah, no, I was going to say, it's such a beautiful thing because, like, I mean, in an, in an age where everyone's just sharing their successes all the time or, like, the new mm-hmm. shiny new object they have, the new thing they're doing, everyone's flexing on everybody else, it's so refreshing to see a little bit of vulnerability out there just to make it mm-hmm. feel like, you know, it's okay where you're at. You don't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Just because everyone else looks like it doesn't mean that you have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I think, like, more people need to, like, see more content of. So hopefully, like, you can inspire more people and Fod can inspire more people. I can inspire more people to start doing that as well. Yeah. Um, hopefully. You, you were saying Fod. Yeah. I was going to say like that transition point again, like it's pretty cool because we sort of saw that with our own podcast. Like I think we started and you know, the title into the adult verse with like a, Oh, you know, like let's make like a toolkit for people who are like confused about entering adulthood. But now it's just like, we just talk about things that are cool. And we're like, dude, hopefully people mm-hmm. vibe with it. You know, hopefully people learn a little bit from it. Hopefully people like, are like damn i really relate to that you know when we talk about some of our low points and things like that and like that's it you know like yeah obviously you know we still want to you know help people transition into early adulthood and things like that but like i think that's like not necessarily a secondary goal but there's a lot of other goals that we can weave into this narrative with it so cool Mm -hmm. that you've also found that transition like you started off with just trying to improve your copywriting which is you know not a selfish goal but like it's it's focused on you and now your goal is like focused on other people right which is pretty cool Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a rite of passage to start out not being yourself and learning to be yourself, and that's growth. Bam! Definitely. Was that, that is not? growth. There yeah. you go. I feel like it's so cool. Like I love seeing like the like I, I I listen to your podcast and I see you guys are like just trying new thing and experience, and it's just so cool. Like the growth is actually into the adult first, right? Like you see it. Like everything <laughs> about being an adult is growth, right? Meta, meta. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you're welcome. That's what all the fans wanted to say. I have to say it for them. I represent them. So there you go. <laughs> head of our fan club. Official head of our fan club. Hey, you, Lynn. So we're running up the clock a bit, Lynn. So it's time for our final round. Our favorite interview question to ask our guests. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for it? Are you guys going to change it? Or is it always a typical question? It's the same question. I'm just asking if you're go ready. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, cool. So, Lynn. There's a billboard, right? Mm-hmm. A billboard that can reach millions of people. And this billboard, you can put whatever you, the heck you want on it, and you mm-hmm. can cater it to whatever group you'd like. Mm-hmm. What are you going to put on that billboard? Go subscribe to Linsight. No, I'm just kidding. Honesty, let's yeah. go. <laughs> I mean, like, that is the best channel for marketing, right? So, yeah. I would say. Um, and I, I guess we haven't really mentioned this much, but um, be kind to yourself. So that's the, and like, because a lot of people like this, this is trend of like, love yourself, right? But how do you love yourself? How, how does that work? And yeah. I feel like the first step is like being kind to yourself because you're always going to be with you. Your thoughts are always going to be with you. You don't want a negative energy to always be there. You don't want to say things that you would never say to your friends and to your loved ones. Like, if you would never be mean to your loved ones, why would you be mean to yourself? Like, you should really treasure yourself. And so when I say, like, be kind to yourself, it doesn't have to mean, like, you look at yourself and you're saying, like, I'm the best. I am 100%. I am great. I don't feel like that's believable. My approach is that I say, like, I'm okay. I'm not the best right now, but I'm not the worst. I'm all right, just as I am. And um, I'm okay. And that just helped me feel a lot better. Like, I'm not yelling at myself, like, why are you so stupid? Why are you this and that, right? And I feel like that's when mm-hmm. you further away from loving yourself. So you just try to learn to love yourself unconditionally. So the fir- what I would say is to be kind to yourself. Because I feel like it relates to a lot of, like, mistakes, right? When you grow, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And you have to be kind to yourself when you make those mistakes. So there you have it. That is my answer. Love it. 
love that. Yeah, yeah. It's not. We need more self love in this world, especially you know, especially on LinkedIn. Everyone's a hustler. Everyone's nobody has some time for themselves. It's everything's either work or side hustle. That's it. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of time for myself, I'm about to go take a walk. I'm about to go take myself on a little date. You inspired me. I'm gonna be kind to myself because if I if I had a friend who was as overworked as I was, I'd take him on a walk. So thank you for inspiring that, Lynn. Okay. Um, anyways, unfortunately, we're at the end of our time because. You know, if we didn't cut it somewhere, we talk for hours and hours and hours and you never get any sleep. And I for know sure. that I'm on the Pacific Coast, but you guys are, you know, probably struggling to stay awake at this point. So okay. thank you so much for, yeah, mm-hmm. well, thank you so much for hopping on the call in. Really, really appreciate it. It was a pleasure of a conversation. I know you're going to be back on this show eventually because there's so That's much more we need to talk. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you guys said it. You President of our faculty. Thank you. How are we yeah, not going to have you on again? <laughs> yeah, please. Like, you have to link me in the, in the uh, under there so that people can reach out to me and be like, hey, let's talk about how much we love Damien Fuad and, and the podcast and you and That's your insights. And, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just plugging myself again. I can't stop plugging myself. Okay, no, that's the only uh, part of that that will happen. The beginning part's not going to happen. But, you know, hopefully people do <laughs> enjoy this conversation. And, yeah, thank you so much again. You know, hopefully you have a beautiful rest of your day, beautiful rest of your night. And we'll definitely hit you up. Um, but great conversation. Yeah, where would be the best place for people to reach you, Lynn? Uh, I would be definitely on LinkedIn. So www.linkedin.com slash I-N slash L-I-N-H-T-U-T-R-A-N. Bam. You can go ahead and type that. I will link that in the description. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And uh, you know, for everyone listening, definitely subscribe to Linsight's great, great uh, newsletter. And I've derived a lot of value from it. So, yeah. Thank you, thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Keep signing off. Keep the gifs coming. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>